0: are your kids as brave as daniel as wise as solomon or as humble as ruth chances are the answer is no no and even no but that's not a bad thing hi welcome to the great stories podcast i'm charles morris and in this episode i want to share with you a conversation i had with jack Klompenhauer. he read a book called show them jesus Rather than using the Bible as a rule book of do's and don'ts, or simply as an inspirational storybook, Jack believes the best way for children to cultivate a faith that lasts into adulthood is for them to encounter scripture as one epic story of God saving his people. And this story centers on the person and work of Jesus. In fact, that's a good reminder for all of us of any age. And so without further ado, my interview with Jack Klompenhauer. Welcome to Haven today, and we've got a brand new friend of mine on the phone. In fact, uh, he's coming to us from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, Durango, and the western slopes. Uh, I want to welcome, for the first time, to Haven Today, Jack Klumpenhauer. Jack, thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Charles. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to talk to you.
0: I've got to explain why we're having you on. My assistant has been pestering me for a year now to read your book, Show Them Jesus, teaching the gospel to kids. And when I keep saying, "Well, we're not a program for kids necessarily." He keeps coming back and telling me, but this is a book all of us need to read, even though it was written in your role as a Sunday school teacher to other Sunday school teachers. So, Jack, thank you for coming on. It wasn't my idea. It was Dan Warren's idea. But now that I've read your book and we've gotten to know each other, I'm so glad that you're with us today.
1: Oh well, thank you. Nice for you to say. And I guess my little uh, stealth writing plan has worked because, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I have realized. You know, you can sometimes under the the sort of the guise of a of a how to little book, you can you can just find a way to to encourage each other. And uh, so so anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh, good. God has God has encouraged other people.
0: Well, we're having you on today because you did not write a how to book. You wrote a book that I think is more profound than that. In fact, let me, let me just share a sentence, couple of sentences out of your book, and then, and then let's just start talking about this. Uh, this is from early on, uh, and, and it's under your subheading why those kids really, really need you. You say, today, a frightening number of kids are growing up in churches and Christian homes without ever being captured with the gospel of Jesus as children and teenagers they may seem to be believers but then they reach their college and young adult years and quit they quit church and any growing commitment to Jesus you know i read that and it 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 it, it stabbed me in the heart jack not just because it's true And not just because it's speaking to kids growing up in churches, I think it applies to everybody, and you tell us a little more, what did you mean by that?
1: I think too often we don't look deeply at Jesus we have this, this Sunday school background with, with uh, you know, th- those of us of a certain generation, it was flannel graph. We had this, <laughs> this flat flannel graph image of Jesus, right? Who's always smiling and has his arms in this welcoming or, or teaching pose. And we focus in on that. And, and all we see is, is this Jesus who spouts a few wise sayings and, and heals people. And, and, and we haven't looked closely enough at how Jesus is better than absolutely any any alternative that the world offers, and as a result our our hearts are kind of lukewarm toward him we 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 say we love Jesus because that's what you're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. but in, in many cases, nobody has really even shown us how much he loves us and and it's very hard to love jesus if you if you don't know how much He loves us. So, you know, mm. my thinking is we need to to just not fail when when we're teaching other kids and in doing so we teach ourselves at the same time, right? We need to not fail to to look very deeply at how Jesus loves us because it's the only way we'll anybody is is going to love him.
0: Mm. Jack, do you mind telling me what is your background and how did you even get interested in educating children with the gospel
1: well i I think of myself as just an ordinary christian parent volunteer sunday school teacher like like most teachers in the church actually and I, I was pressed into service, like, like, like a lot of teachers, I was sort of pressed into service because there was a need, even when I was young. So, uh, so I, I learned to become a Sunday school teacher.
0: Mm. Okay. How, how did you, yourself, meet the Lord?
1: You know, it, it's a hard question to answer. I grew up in a Christian home. So in, in a sense, it's a very easy question to answer, right? I, I, I met the Lord through my parents. Okay, I, I can't ever remember a time I did not know about Jesus. I can identify sometimes when I took steps toward greater faith. Uh, I can't tell you, you know, this was the moment, the the, the moment when I first started having faith in Jesus. Uh, And and usually when people ask me for that, because, uh, you know, I I feel, oh, I I don't have this this incredible story. But, but, you know, what we all have is is stories about how we practice faith daily, every day, Mm -hmm. moment by moment. And, and I, I actually I, I'd rather talk about that. I'd rather he, hear you ask me about my life of faith, and, and then think back, "Well, what did I do in the past hour? Mm-hmm. Yes,. Well, yes. You know, where was I challenged to have faith? So, so when you do that, I go back to within maybe it's a little more than an hour, but, but not long ago. So my wife texts me. OK, she's out of town. She sends me a text. She has a concern she's worried about. She asks, will I pray for her? Mm. All right? Now, right there, I have an opportunity to practice faith. Yes. Praying. Yes. Or not practice faith. Because, you know, there are things on my plate. Yeah. I There's this email I really ought to return. There's this phone call to make. There's this radio interview with you guys. And it wouldn't hurt me to spend a few minutes sort of getting my head ready for that, right? And all those things I can... I can see the result of spending time on them. But praying for my wife, you know, it's not necessarily so easy to see that taking that time will actually make any difference. And the question is, do I have faith in God? Prayer is the way we we practice faith. So, you know, I'm glad to report I I did pray. Not terribly long. I, 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 (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. Prayer doesn't always have to be long. But, you know, by God's grace... I prayed for my wife. I repented of my, my you know, kind of sorry attitude, which, which was, why are you bothering me right now? That's God's grace. That's God's working in my life. That's, that's my opportunity to practice faith today, which is, is my, my main concern right now in an area where, you know, often I fail, and, and then, then other times I'm glad to say I succeed.
0: Well, Jack, I've got to say, I don't come from this school because I can't tell you the exact date. For me, I remember when it happened, but I get a little nervous. There is a branch of Christianity where you may not truly be saved unless you can say the date to the hour, and you remember that as a birth date for the rest of your life. But God doesn't always work that way, does he?
1: No, I, I really don't believe he does. Hmm. And and you know I think it can be it can be harmful to to insist on on that sort of a method. Uh, we we can end up trying to manipulate those those experiences. And, and 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 Christian faith is not like that. We we don't try to manipulate the spirit of God by we have done just the right thing and he will respond. Uh, and Christian faith is that that God God comes to us. God gives us faith to believe. We hear the message of the gospel. We we hear about Jesus, and uh, and then we respond to Him. It isn't about manipulating Him into responding to us. I I do try to keep that in mind whenever you know whenever I teach kids.
0: Mm. Jack, you kind of humble yourself a little bit in what you write. Uh, you admit to at one point in your life you thought you were a pretty good Sunday school teacher, but then there was that one day. When you were listening to a guy named Joe, tell me the story of Joe, would you? Well, uh,
1: people were telling me, you ought to listen to this guy. You, you ought to sit in on one of his classes. Uh, he, he teaches uh, differently and he teaches pretty well. And of course, uh, I'm threatened because I <laughs> You're thought supposed a to good be the, the best Sunday school teacher. Know, <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I sit in the back of the room. Really hoping that Joe is not going to be very good and I can reassure myself (laughs) that I'm top dog, right? And here's the deal. Compared to some of the things I do, he wasn't very good. He was kind of dry. I'm not dry. But he he was teaching he was teaching about the boy Samuel. God calls to to the boy Samuel when he's when he's still a child. Calls and be a, be a prophet. He calls you know Samuel Samuel and yes. Samuel. Eventually realizes it's God speaking and says I'm listening. And I well I knew how to teach that story the way I've always heard it taught. Children be a good listener like Samuel. <laughs> yes. And, and and I'm and I'm all ready for this and 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 what and what Joe does and that's not a bad point but he ends up focusing more on isn't it wonderful that during this period in Israel's history when the word of the lord was rare that god came and he spoke mm. and he spoke human like and he spoke to a child and he cared enough and he came and he he stood by Samuel's bed and said Samuel Samuel i'd not even noticed that personal touch before mm. Mm. And, and, and Joe says, isn't this like Jesus? He's come. He's spoken to us. He's, he's lived with us. He, he tells us good news from God. And, 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 and there was this emphasis on God has spoken to us in Jesus that would have been totally missing from my lesson. So no matter how animated and interesting I was, I would have missed the boat. Mm. And, and I came to this realization and I said, I need to change my teaching
0: bow uh, you know jack we're a radio program on christian stations where we say we're telling the great story it's all about jesus one of the things i so appreciate about what you've written and where you're coming from is you're looking for christ in all the scripture and now let me put you on a limb because this would not be easy, at least for me to teach unless I had notes in front of me. Well, we'll give it a try. All right, you 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 tell a scary lesson from the Old Testament when you were teaching Sunday school, and remember that 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 mother decided to sit in. Can you tell me that story of Achan and then how you? Uh, how you told it to the kids?
1: Oh, Achan, uh, from, the, uh, from the book of Joshua. Yes. Where, where God's people, they, they, they've crossed the river. God has uh, helped them to, to defeat the city of Jericho, and, uh, and he gave a command, don't, uh, don't take anything from the city. It all belongs to God. See, their 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 fighting is not supposed to be selfish, or, or, or you know, make them rich. It's 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 about serving God. But Achan steals some items from uh, from the uh, the city of Jericho, and and you know, and then if if you're going to tell that story, what what happens is there's this dread-filled process after God causes the the Israelites to lose the the subsequent battle because of the sin. This dread-filled pro- uh, process of Figuring out who sinned, God first picks the tribe that was responsible, and then the the clan and the the family that was responsible, and finally, you know, you find out that Achan is the is the man who did it, and uh, the people are told to stone him and his family and his animals, and and you know, set their bodies on fire, and it's this this gruesome scene, right? Yes. And and there's always this issue in the bible where we're tempted to sanitize it especially with kids you know won't they get nightmares and you know and and with little kids i think you know you you do have to be sensitive but if we sanitize it too much we lose any reason to talk about jesus there all we have is is a a moral message don't steal it, it's wrong to steal which which is a good message but, but I want to say more. So I have this mom who's warned me that her, her kid gets nightmares, uh, you know, don't tell anything too scary, please. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sweating through this, <laughs> through this lesson because <laughs> oh. I, I, I know I, I have to tell about this, this scary selection process because it, it convicts all of us. It helps all of us see that, that we have sinned and the result of our sin is, well, it's scary. Sin is horrendous, and, and, and it deserves an ultimate, really kind of horror film punishment. But, but there's Jesus. You know, I, I asked the kids at the end of the Achan story, does God always punish sin this way? Mm-hmm. Is there some other way, better way, that God has dealt with sin? And, and, and the answer is that, yeah, Achan, Achan died. And, and many others actually died with him in that account in, in Joshua because of his sin. And, and the, the Bible tells us that's the point of the story. The point of the story is one man sinned, but many died. Hmm. Now let's look further ahead in the Bible. What if we found one man, right? Just, just one man who was perfect, who, who did not deserve any kind of punishment, did not deserve to die. But if he died... In place of the others, one man died, then many could live. That's Jesus. And when when we look at that story about Achan, we 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 look at the way you know God picked out of out of all the all the tribes, all the clans, all the people, all the families of the world, the one one good perfect man, and let him take the punishment for our sin. So it isn't a scary story for us, not if we believe in Jesus. It's not a scary story. It's a story where where even a, even a child who, who knows that he or she has sinned, and, and, and they all do, can say, I belong to Jesus. There's no punishment. Hmm. So to teach about Jesus, sometimes you have to teach the scary things.
0: Jack Klumpenhauer, <laughs> you're more than a Sunday school teacher, and and you are a parent. And what you're saying I need to hear, all of us need to hear— This is Haven Today, and we have on with us for the first time ever an author who's written Show Them Jesus, teaching the gospel to kids, and might I say, all of the rest of us too. Jack, something that I've heard before, I've heard it as a criticism of people who want to promote finding Christ in all the scripture, want to teach about free grace. I've heard people say that this could lead to lax obedience to God and to God's law. How as a long-term Bible student, Sunday school teacher, author, how do you approach this? And I'm sure you've heard this objection too.
1: I have heard the objection and, and in fact in some cases it's it's a true criticism. Yes. It can lead, I think, to lax obedience if we preach what i would call a small gospel if all we talk about is god's forgiveness in christ you know then then it's easy to say okay just talking about that aspect of salvation might make us and our students think oh we can sin as much as we like we'll just be forgiven but the the way to to solve that problem is you teach a full salvation you teach everything that Jesus does to rid us of sin in every way you teach how we're saved from being outcasts we become God's children so you see then then now part of the deal is that we love our father we're eager to be like him we want to obey we teach how Jesus saves us from the effect of sin in us. You know, we aren't just left, the word I use with kids, we aren't left all yucky (laughs) and sinful, right? We have a holy calling. We get to start now becoming the kind of people God created us to be. This is part of the good news. This is part of sin's defeat, you know, and one day Jesus is going to save us completely from sin. Sin in ourselves, sin in the world, our hope is in heaven. Well, you know, this makes us want to live like heaven-bound people now, and and when you teach this really full version of salvation then nobody starts thinking oh i can sin any way i want besides it's got to reach the heart
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's got to right if we're not obeying gladly with heartfelt gratitude rather than you know under pressure trying to manipulate god into thinking i'm good enough um if if we aren't doing that, we're setting the bar very low if we're just trying to manipulate God. I want to set the bar for high obedience, obedience from the heart. And to do that, we need to know God's goodness to us. We're not going to love God if we don't know his love for us. So so I believe we set the bar on obedience very high when we say, look, God has loved you. You love God and obey him out of that
0: love. Hmm. Jack, you quote Charles Spurgeon more than once in your book, and yet there's... Well,
1: he's so quotable,
0: it's hard to resist. (laughs) I I think he is. You'd share a story, a true story, towards the end of your book. Do you mind just sharing that story of the great preacher preaching, but also we never know what kind of an effect uh, whatever we do for the Lord is going to have?
1: Yeah, well, as I as I researched him, I I realized that he he spoke this uh, this great sermon, which I'd actually I, I downloaded and, and and I loved. Uh, it was on Ephesians about preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ, and that being the the calling. Of those who are called to preach. And of course, it, it applies to, to a Sunday school teacher, it applies to a parent. Who's, All of us, who's yes. Teaching their child, right? We, we, we want to, to dig into those unsearchable riches uh, about Jesus Christ. And, and it really is the one calling of anybody who, who would talk about Jesus. It is, it is the first and, and last thing we must do. We must talk about God's love to us in Jesus. And I, I was encouraged by the sermon, and I, and I looked up more about it. It turns out it happened while, uh, while Spurgeon's uh, church was being renovated. And um, he was holding services on the other side of London in, in what was one of the largest and grandest buildings at the time. And, and still, they were packing it out, and people couldn't come in. And very prominently, the evangelist from America, Dwight Moody, was in attendance at the time. And went back from his visit to London, encouraged, and, and ended up building one of the the largest uh, soul saving ministries of his generation here in America. <laughs> but but Spurgeon's voice carried even further than that mm. because it you know it made it to my iPod, right? <laughs> yes. And, and 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 I'm encouraged by hearing him talk about preach Jesus, tell about Jesus, and I sit down and I write a book and I want to tell others. Let's let's encourage each other. Tell about Jesus. Make that our our one trumpet call to 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 the kids that we have. You know the 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 main thing we're always saying, and and this just gets passed on down through the generations, the glories of Jesus and uh, and the joy of telling him.
0: Mm. Jack, I really like the God report card approach that you discussed to helping kids see the whole picture when it comes to the gospel. You mind just walking us through? And showing us how surprising it is when it clicks, not just for kids, but for grown-ups like me.
1: Yeah, this is sort of an object lesson. I'm not big on object lessons, but I, I use this one and, and I take a, an old-fashioned type report card. Actually, with kids these days, I need to explain that report cards, <laughs> they used to be actual cards. Yes. That, right? They, they would come inside an envelope. And, and your name is printed on the outside of the envelope, and inside, you, 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 you pull it out, and there are your
0: grades. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and your parent had – a parent had to sign that card. Exactly. You, a, you have to take it, it and be... put it before your parent. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> and then you've got good grades, right? <laughs> so, so I say, imagine you have a report card. And the kids can relate to this. They still get reports. But it's not a school report card. It's your report card before God in godly subjects like sharing with others. How well do you obey your parents? Do you speak kind words? Do you let others go first? Do you love those who hurt you? Right? So I give them this blank report card and an envelope, which they've, they've written their name on. Now give yourself a grade. And, and they, they actually, they usually take it pretty seriously. You get, you know, a whole range of grades. And I'll talk to them about it. I'll talk about God's holiness his, his demand really that that we be perfect, and 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 I'll, I'll end up having them erase those grades and put in Fs mm. because our our grade. And I emphasize, this is what you've earned. What have you earned before God? You've earned all Fs. Yeah, and nothing. What, what would it be like to take that take that home, take that before God? Right now, how do we solve the problem? <laughs> we get suggestions. Well, God could forgive us. Mm. That's like erasing the Fs. You still have a blank report card. Now you, now you just, that, that, that's part of the good news of Jesus, but it isn't all of it because you'd, you'd respond to mere forgiveness by thinking now I've got to do something to earn some A's. That isn't it. How can you get A's? Where can you get an A? An A that's earned, a real A. Hmm. And, and usually kids, even adults, you know, when I first heard the, uh, you know, I've, I've heard derivatives of this example, I was stuck the first time. And and the answer is there's another guy with another report card, and I pull out the second report card and it has Jesus' name written on the outside on the envelope. And, and and you know, you pull it out, and inside it's all A pluses. Jesus did this perfectly. And now here's what happens. And you take the two cards and you switch envelopes. His his A pluses go in our envelope, become our record, and our sins go in His. Mm. And the effect, you know, a lot of times it, it just clicks for kids, adults. It, it clicks for me again and again yes, as, yes. As, I, as I teach it sometimes. And, and there are protests Sometimes people, sometimes, you know, somebody will protest, no, I don't, I don't deserve the A pluses. More often, people will protest, (laughs) no, no, you can't do that to Jesus. You can't give him my, my bad grades. And I go, wait, 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 haven't you heard, you know, time and time again, Jesus took your sin on himself and died for you. And yes, they've heard it, but they they never thought about the shame of it. Mm had never you know it's become this phrase and, and and sometimes it helps to have a different way of seeing it. He took our sin, he took the shame of it, he took the punishment we deserved, he gives us his record, and you see now now we are able to go out and live for jesus in in a different way, right out of love we're able to obey jesus with with confidence because we have his record, you know, in our envelope. We're not looking over our shoulder worried that Jesus is, is scowling at us, you know. In, instead, we know he's on our side. We know he's helping. We're, we're hopeful of heaven. We're eager to start living now the way that we'll, we'll live there one day. It just, it just makes all the difference in, in our approach to living the Christian life, uh, it, its approach of, of love and, and gratitude and confidence. It's been a helpful
0: little example, little object lesson. Wow. Jack, many of us listening right now are not Sunday school teachers, but there are a lot of us listening right now that are parents or grandparents, or we've got neighbor kids, or we, 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 we just have nephews and nieces or whatever. We are influencers in one way or another. You wrote a book on how to teach the gospel out of all the Bible to children, and yet, what I hear you saying applies to me. Do you mind just saying, how do we really do this? How do we all approach Scripture and then share it with others?
1: Well, I think a lot of us have fallen into the habit of, of treating the Bible just as a rule book. And, and in some ways it is one, but it's a storybook too. It tells us what God has done for his people, for, for me, right? It tells me what God has done for me through Jesus. And how Jesus is better than absolutely anybody, anything else. So so the first thing to do is when I pick up the Bible to read it, I need to say, this is God telling me what he has done for me. And, and, And rather than just look at it for how can I emulate some of these people? What do I need to do? For the, the, the first question often that we need to ask is, what is God doing for his people right here in this passage that I can see? And then how has he done and how, what, how is he doing the same thing for me today in Jesus? And, and come to the point where that grips you. And, you know, I, I need to do it every time I'm going to teach, but I also need to do it just every time I look at the Bible. I need to be sort of awed again mm-hmm. by Jesus yes, and God's love and his, his care and his concern and his calling on my life.
0: Hmm. Jack, I think we better pray about this right now. Would you mind leading us in prayer that we all would see Jesus and that Christ would make himself known more? to all of us. Uh,
1: yes, it's great that you ask me to pray because uh, I'm, I'm always tempted to, to try to do it uh, uh, on my own. And yes. uh, I need to be reminded to pray. So sure, I, I'd be glad to do that. Father, it, it is your great delight to reveal yourself to us and uh, to show us the, the majesty of your Son and, and, and to show us your love. So I pray that uh, you would open our eyes to see that pray that you would help our minds to understand what you tell us and, and make our hearts ready to believe it, ready to obey it, and, and, and just cause us to, to grasp how, how wide and long and high and deep, as, as Ephesians says, is the love of Jesus. Help us to know that love.
0: Amen. Amen. Jack Klempenhauer, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Haven Today.
1: It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Charles.
0: Thanks for joining me on Great Stories with Charles Morris. I hope this conversation with Jack Klumpenhauer will inspire you to help the children in your life know and love Jesus. And can you believe this is already our 30th episode of Great Stories? So thank you for listening and sharing with others about our podcast. If you haven't done so already, I'd like to ask you to leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. or if easier... You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover our other episodes posted on the blog. Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.